Welcome to the Bailaroom Podcast. Today I had the chance to talk to one of the best jazz blues guitarists in Canada. He holds a jazz performance degree from McGill University and has accompanied many renowned artists. In this podcast, you'll learn about what it takes to be a full-time professional musician. Without further ado, give it up for the very humble Andy DeCoulis. Let's start with uh, your origins. All right. So uh, both my parents are Greek. My dad born in Greece, in Athens. My mom born in Prague, Czechoslovakia, but only out of circumstance because her father was was there at the time. And then um, when my dad was young, probably 15, he made the trip over here to Montreal, met my mom. Started the family, <clears throat> and then I grew up uh, in outside of Montreal in the West Island. How? How? What brought you father uh, to? Uh, well, Montreal? opportunity, opportunity more than anything. Work. Yeah, it's yeah. Way back then, there was not much happening. I guess after the war, people re- were rebuilding, and there wasn't much really happening over there. So this was the land of opportunity. That's probably mm. why your parents came too. <laughs> Sounds like similar uh, situation. Yeah, that's usually the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, w- you were born here, right? In West Island? Yeah, yeah, West Island. So you brought up in DDO. Come on now. Respect. That's where we met. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so me and you met uh, through working with the city. Yeah. I have, I have, I have uh, really good memories of every time we interacted and mm. we just talked shit all the time. And yeah. it was fun. Uh, back then when you started, were you already doing, uh, were you going already to university, right? Yeah, I think or, uh, it had to be university, either end of Sejap or university, probably university when we met. Got it. And, and you started in marketing or something Yeah, like the that. thing is, is I did a long university because I have two, two degrees. So I have one in, uh, in commerce, uh, marketing, and the second in, in music. Now, that uh, commerce uh, degree, was oh. it uh, the kind of degree you did like… Uh, For my parents? Okay, that, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. But uh, in retrospect, it was the right thing to do. For sure. Because you never know, you never know 20 years down the line what you're going to need, what you're going to want, what, where your life will take you, you know. So it was good, it was good to have that, that, uh, that sort of foundation. What, what, how did it, you know, interplay in, in your music career? Like, did it well, ever. Yeah. It, well, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, like you, we're self employed, right? So we have to market ourselves. People have to know about us. People have to hear about us. Have to, we have to look good. We have to sound good. We have to sell yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my training was mainly for marketing of a product or a company or whatever, but you can still apply those principles. 100%. And I'm glad that I did because, you know, whatever, 20 years later, uh, I'm, I'm although I'm still a musician, I'm also working in marketing, so... What was your uh, first gigs like when you started to play? Like as a musician? Yes. Oh yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, I was young. I mean, there, there's always that one first gig, you know, that you play. Like that's an aberration that you know, somebody gets you a gig and then you play it. That, I mean, that was in a bar kind of thing, <laughs> which I'm sure you can relate to, right? That's usually yeah. where most most people were playing, either backyard parties or a bar. But for, in my case, it was a bar. And, uh, but it was more like a one-off, you know, it wasn't like, a, 
a steady run of gigs. It was like a one-time gig. And it was great. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. I remember it very well. How old were you? I was young. I was like 17, too young no. to be in the bar. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, when did, what was your first time you, you started to play guitar? At what age? Uh, 15. Uh, late 15. Almost 16. How did you f- fall on that instrument? How did it happen? Uh, well, when I was in high school, a friend of mine who, who became a friend of mine was uh, he. He arrived at our school in grade 10, and he was from originally from France and uh, by way of Chicago. His dad was living in Chicago. Both his parents were from France. And uh, he, he came to our school, and we ended up being on the same soccer team and rugby team, so we kind of just became friends. I would go to his house, and lo and behold, he was like totally into guitar. And his parents were into music, his dad especially, so we had guitars around the house, drums. His brother is a, a famous drummer in the oh sort of death metal. I mean, that's the wrong term, but you know, his brother is like amazing, super, super well known. And um, so, what are the dude, names? What are the names? Uh, well, the 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 dude that taught me to play, and it's still a good friend of mine. We texted just a couple of days ago. His name is Sébastien Mounier, and the brother is Florent or Flo Mounier. And, and what was it. the band? Say again? Do you know the metal band they were Yeah, that's called Cryptopsy. Okay. And he's probably in another band now that I don't, I don't know enough about. But uh, I know when I see him play, when I see him on Facebook, uh, he's super well-respected. And he's amazing. No. He does those yeah, blast I, beats. You know what that is? Like, yeah. I, I know the band. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. So he's amazing. But all this to say, his brother was the one that taught me. He said, you know, he had a guitar and I... It's okay, you know, grab this. I'm learning this. You know, Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page. And the first song he showed me was a song called No Quarter by Led Zeppelin. And it was really easy. It's power chords. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of figured it out. Like he showed me, you know, like, like, like anything, put your fingers here, move it here, try this, try that. Yeah. And lo and behold, I kind of got it. And at my house at the time, my older brother had a guitar at our house. So I was able to sort of continue just sort of practicing and farting around on that guitar. And that's really what what began the whole the whole. It's thing. strange because I like some some sometimes people tell me because I, I play guitar too for 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 ages like you, mm. not as good as you of course. But uh, I when when people ask me, I oh, or tell me, oh, you're you're so talented, or whatever. Like you have a gift or something. Mm. I always tell people my only gift was being able to sit on a chair for two hours. Perfect. My, that's Perfect. my gift. That's a gift that you didn't want to. That I have endurance, uh, and I have and I have problems with my spine because my head yeah. was always down. Yeah, you're like hunched this. over, right? Exactly, you're right. Doing this all the time. And and I was wondering, hmm. like when you started, what kept you going for that two hours? Like it, it wasn't yeah. chicks. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> it no. wasn't. Not yet. That was later. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> chicks. I was like, what? You, you didn't, when, when you started, you had that kind of, of course, like when you're a teen, you're thinking about rock bands and, mm. you know, you have that image that is portrayed. It's a somewhat of a, you know, like a, a dream or I don't know, like yeah. a dream of making it and music and stuff like that. But that doesn't motivate you to try to nail a song. No. What nail was, a song? What was, no. What? what <laughs> 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 the, 
the brain uh, just caught caught on oh, after yes. a second. No Took me a second. But but what, what kept you going? Like how many hours did you spend at the beginning, yeah, and what kept it, you going? It's funny because it's a it's. A, I'm glad you have the same experience. Is that <clears throat> what I liked about it is that I can do it by myself, and I could spend all the time alone. You know, if you're playing baseball or football, you need to call five, six, seven guys. It's all the conditions have to be right for it to work. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're playing music or playing guitar, in my case, it was just a matter of like, hey, I can sit on the couch and either watch TV or not and just play and see where it takes me. Mm-hmm. And I know that even to this day, after all these years of playing, it's the exact same feeling. I'll just, I'll never be bored. You know, if I have half an hour, if I have 10 minutes, I have two hours, I'll just play as much as I can. Because the more you play, the more you. You dig it, as you know well, you dig into it, you find things, and then you're, you're off. Mm-hmm. And so that's the same thing when I was a kid, you know, at 15 or 16 as to, as to where I am now. So that was my motivation. I just, it was something that I could do by myself, and I felt good seeing myself improve all the time. Maybe it was the same thing for you. <clears throat> yeah, similar. I, I remember that when I started, uh, I was in a youth house, but it's called Maison des Jeunes. It's not mm. a, the equivalent of a youth house where people, yeah. depending where you, you listen, because I wasn't a troubled teen. <laughs> it was called La Maison des Jeunes de Pierrefonds, which is basically a house where kids can hang out. And I remember there was a guy that that uh, had to do uh, community hours because he got out of jail. Mm. And for some reason, another it coincided with another organism uh, giving... Uh, 10 guitars, 10 classical guitars to that to that organization. And the guy came in and gave lessons. At the beginning, we were 10. At the yeah. end, I was just me. I believe it. And, and I kept coming back. <clears throat> and I just remembered uh, uh, nailing those three chords of Stairway to Heaven. Right. But I was just happy to get the sound out of the instrument. Yeah. You know, I can tinker on an instrument until I get the sound. I was once at a party and somebody had a sax. And I don't know. I bothered him until he lent me the sax because it's, it's, it's not a <laughs> it's not an instrument you want to uh, lend. So he lent me his sax, and for two hours I sat in the corner while the p- party was going on. I was trying to get the sound. He goes, "Motherfucker, I'm gonna get a sound out of you," you know. Yeah. And trying to get the I don't know. It's just like a solution based kind of tr- figuring out. And once I got the sound, I felt like this rush of wow, I can play this. You know. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, yeah, it's that's the thing with music is that is that it never ends. Obviously, you know, this yeah. could have been a, it's a saxophone, it could have been a harmonica, it could have been a drum set. You know what I mean? Like you're always curious. There's always more to uncover. In my case, I don't play many other instruments. I don't have that that drive. To, I um, the mine is hard enough, you know. But yeah. um, but I like to go deep, deep, deep details. You know, details really things that only I would notice or a high level player would notice. Things that. <clears throat> I want to solve that maybe, you know, other, other guitar players don't even know what I'm doing, but I know I can zone in on um, this doesn't sound right. I'm missing something or mm-hmm. where, where else can I go with this? Where, oh, look at that. It opens up this. And the next thing you know, an hour has gone by. Were you ever concerned about uh, revving up your speed? Or you just let it happen? Did you practice uh, trying to pick faster uh, or stuff like may- that? Or? Maybe. You know what it's like when you're a kid? You don't really know much, right? You think... <clears throat> I can. I'll just play faster. I'll just, even when I when I teach now a little bit, I see my students and even my daughter. I'm teaching her. I'm like, just slow down, just slow down. You don't get it now, but just slow down because you're. If you don't do it slow and well, 
it's not going to come out right. And you're mm. going to hurt yourself. You're actually going to make yourself work harder a year from now. Whereas if you do it slow and build your speed up, that really is the way to do it. Yeah. So for me, it came, it came kind of naturally just from playing gigs and playing, <clears throat> playing tunes, you know. But, yeah, I did do exercises like you did as well. <clears throat> and as you get older, you kind of just you find the shortcuts. You know what's good. You know how to make it happen. But it just came. And I, I'm not even one of those guys. I'm not really like that's not my thing, you know, like just, you know, I'll do it a bit mm. or I'll find shortcuts to make it happen. But I don't get paid much for doing that. I get paid mm. much for accompanying a singer or, you know, recording an easy part in the studio, stuff like that. Things that you know about as well. How, how was from the, the transition from uh, jamming or, or playing already for many years going into more of a formal education in music in McGill? How was that adaptation the first time? Uh, it was pretty eye-opening, eye-opening. Even though I, I remember it was um, at McGill was my second degree, so I was older. So I'd already done four years of university. So I was older. I don't know how old I was, 24. Four, maybe 25, 24. Mm -hmm. So I was playing with a bunch of 18-year-olds that just came from out west Canada. <clears throat> they were young, you know, and they were really good already. Um, and it was a different, it was a different, you were judged differently. Like, yeah, great, you're a good blues rock player, good for you. Nobody here cares. <laughs> 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 What we care about and we're trying to get you to, to learn is, you know, mm. your, your sight reading has got to be good and how, can you play in a big band and can you swing and can you play this vocabulary, all this stuff that I didn't... That's where I wanted to go. I didn't, I didn't know that stuff super well. Mm. So it was kind of tough, but to my advantage is that at the same time I was gigging a lot. I was playing in a lot of different bands Uh, wedding bands, corporate bands, whatever you want to say. And the musicians I, musicians I was playing with had already graduated from McGill. Mm. So while we're on the bandstand playing, you know, I'd hear them do things, the piano player especially, and then on the break, hey, what was that? How did you do that? You know, and he would give me tips and, you know, don't do this. Definitely try to do this. Learn this song. This is These songs are important. So I kind of had an advantage because I was, one, older. Number two, I was gigging a lot. And I had these contacts already. It's interesting huh, to be in a, in a program with, uh, with a lot of youths. Yeah, those youths. <laughs> it happened to me. It happened to me. Same thing. Sometimes like people would freak out about an exam and I would look at them and go, listen, uh, take it easy. You know? Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not life. You know? we're, we're just like in a bubble right now. You know? Yeah. But the other easy. end is true, too. And you see these young players, guys and girls, you know, who are just amazing. And like, oh, my yeah. God, I, I couldn't do that at 18. You know? like, they're already ahead. But... Whatever. Everybody's at the Was own. there a feeling of competition within, within the program? A little bit. Luckily for me, uh, believe it or not, in the year that I got accepted, only two guitar players got accepted across Canada. Wow. Yeah, myself and a buddy of mine, Olivier Brisebois. Mm. And he was the sweetest guy. He's a great player and a real, real sweetheart. So we, we got along great. And then, um, I mean, yeah, there was sort of a a little bit of that competition, but not between him and I, but just between, you see it, you know, between all the, all the musicians, all the students. But at the end of the day, everybody's helping each other out. And you just want to learn and you want to get better for yourself, you know. Now, you started with uh, a couple of lessons from a guitarist uh, of, of a metal band. Uh, did you start to play metal right away or no? Oh, no, he, he wasn't the dude. Uh, he, wasn't, he was only into Zeppelin. 
and, okay. J- and classic rock and Jimi Hendrix. His brother, the one the, from Cryptopsy, he eventually led down that path. While we were playing Zeppelin, he was he was drumming and playing Zeppelin, but then he was playing Rush, and then he was getting into you know into more heavy metal, and yeah. like it was heavier and heavier until he found his thing. And for me, uh, Seb was teaching me just you know like showing me some Jimi Hendrix and then some. A lot of Led Zeppelin, I was into Jimmy Page at the time, as I'm sure most people were, when you're starting to play guitar. And then, then I kind of took it to my own place. I found what I liked, and I just went in that direction, which is normal. But you, need, you do need somebody to say, hey, this is a guitar. Hey, this is how you tune it. Hey, this is uh, no quarter. You know what I mean? It goes like this. So you need that first spark of of somebody showing you that. What are the 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 people you played for or being a musician? I know you you did Corneille. Oh yeah, oh as a as a hired musician, yeah, hired um, musician. So, in my case, when I f- graduated school, McGill, <clears throat> I kind of didn't have to work, you know, because most people either I'll backtrack. When I graduated from uh, Concordia, most of my friends went right to the job force to work at a bank or wherever, you know, finance. Yeah. I knew that was not for me at that point, at 24. That's not really what I wanted to be doing. So I ended up, uh, I took a year and I studied music theory at Concordia Music. And then I did the audition at McGill, did McGill. And then I was already gigging. So I was already like kind of in demand. So I was making money and I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess I'm doing it, right? I guess I'm, mm-hmm. I'm being a musician. I'm getting paid. I'm playing a lot. Uh, so you'd, I was doing a lot of clubs and a lot of you know, blues festivals, all, all the, the jazz fests and stuff. But after a while, you're like, okay, well, what else is there? You know, like you want to you want to get more visibility. And then it happened through people referred me through Cornet. I did stuff like that. And then <clears throat> I didn't want to uh, – when that gig kind of sort of slowed down, I worked a lot in Quebec – and uh, it's funny because what keeps you going is your pocket of friends. So after Carnet, I had my musicians and we're still friends, you know. But then I did uh, I did, I did some Quebec stuff. Nicola Ciccone did that for three years, three, four years. And that was a pocket of friends as well who don't know the other ones that I was with Carnet. So I was like, okay, and you just your, your contacts just broaden. And then I ended up doing more Quebec stuff. Then Florence Carr another group of musicians. Mm-hmm. And then I did Nicky Yanofsky to jazz through some friends at McGill who got me on that gig. Again, another group of friends who have nothing to do with the Carnet musicians. And now my circle is quite, quite large mm. and I hire them and they hire me whatever the case is. And that's how you find yourself, you know, to be able to survive and work, um, in this industry. And, um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much the way that that these gigs come. People, you know, and then there's also other in between that. There's a, a bunch of other gigs. You know, I work with a lot of Haitian musicians or R and B players. They're amazing. They're my good friends. So they hire me. So then I play with a, some gospel choirs and then R and B bands, and that's how everything works out. Have you ever thought of doing something on your own? You know, I'm not. I'm not really that driven to do it as much as. A little bit lazy in the sense that it's easier to the emails come in. I learn the material, I play the gig, I get paid, I move on. You know what I mean? It's tough to to like 
and I have respect for that. And that's why I respect the people who I play with because it's their art, it's their everything, whereas I'm just a piece of the puzzle. I can be replaced, but they can't. And I did about two or three gigs under my own name as a jazz. <laughs> Fucking so stressful, man. Oh, what a nightmare. The gigs were great. It went really, really, really well. But I don't want to do that shit anymore. It's just <laughs> way, it's way too time-consuming, way too stressful. It's, there's just so much involved. What, and now, what is the setting? Like- uh, I, did, uh, I did a couple of jazz gigs for, I don't know how this happened, uh, La Ville de Vaudreuil-sur-le-Lac. Okay, got it. <clears throat> and uh, you were the artist, like yeah. I, I thought Andy it was this is funny. Yeah, I was driving to the gig. <laughs> I'm driving. I'm like, okay, sound checks at three. Whatever. I'm driving. I'm thinking it's a cocktail gig. It's their little soirée, you know. So we're gonna play the cocktails in the corner. Same, yeah. same that I always do. <clears throat> and I'm driving, and I come across a, this big sign saying, you know, tonight Andy the coolest quartet. I was like, what? I have to, man. oh man, this, I'm, I have to be a somebody now like this. Oh God. Why not? Well, because again, I mean, it ended up being a great experience. A, a lot of, you know, stress, whatever, a lot of work. They asked us back of the, the following few years. Mm-hmm. But all this to say is I went there thinking I'm just going to be the dude to play the cocktail set. And next thing you know, I had a microphone. I'm introducing the musicians and the songs. It was like super, awesome. f- super formal. And then through there, I got a, a gig at the the city of Dollard. Same thing as you know, you know, they have the uh, the community center kind of deal. Yep. And it was great. It was really, really good. It was really well attended. Uh, the organizers said it was one of the the better attended uh, concerts that they had, and that was nice. But all this to say is that, you know, those two, three, four gigs are like so much preparation. Like, you know, you're thinking, oh, man, is a drummer going to show up on time? Like, Because so you're handling now the pressure of the artist and the pressure of the director. Exactly. But, but, but you don't think it's, uh, it's uh, an interesting route to, to develop for you as an artist? I don't think so. I found, I mean, I think my time to do it was maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, but I was working so much. And the gigs were coming in, and and it was just all my time was taken to playing gigs, supporting other artists because I need money to come in, and that's the way it came in. And I enjoyed doing that as well. Mm-hmm. And and even so, as a composer or whatever, I find that I'm I'm personally better at taking somebody's tune and making it a lot better with my but the the blank page doesn't really excite me as much as like oh mm. you have this yeah how about you try this or and i can do this or and maybe you know that's where i'm at my most value mm. when i work with somebody else and i make their ideas better but i mean doing these little youtube videos that we've been speaking about i just did one today and and uh, i was playing back uh, the idea that i was recording and i was like damn this, this is pretty good you know <laughs> This is pretty pretty good. I can probably work with some of the ideas that I'm that I'm that I'm recording. So we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? I think it's worth a try. Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> with the, you know all, the, all the knowledge you have. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, the, all the knowledge. Did you I have. Did, do you have do you have flashes sometimes? Like do you have like a like a, an idea and you like you feel compelled to record it? Does it happen? Uh, it, it's true. What it, what it, the way it works is that. Um, so I'll, I'll know, okay, this YouTube video, I want to do this. So I'll start doing it. And then I'm like, you know what? What if I add the perks? What if I do this? I want to play some bass. And then I'm super into it, right? I'm just like Got focused it. on that. 
that's all. And I'm driven to f- either finish it or make it better. And then the next mm. morning I come down and press play. I'm like, uh, oh, man, it is good. Okay, great. So who knows? I think with um, what's one of the things that's better with Spotify, actually, is the fact that you could release one song. And you don't need to have a record deal or have a 10-song album. You can just release the, one, two. Is it complicated to no. release a song on Spotify? No, 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 no. No, the Spotify doesn't care. They just want they want you to be there. You know what I mean? Like they, It's not difficult at all. Same thing with iTunes or whatever. So, so you can do it by yourself. You can mm-hmm. just master a tune and just oh, drop yeah. it there and oh. do an album and say you released an album. There's a dude, exactly. There's a dude that I follow that does a lot of YouTube uh, gear demos. And he does that because at the beginning of his demo, he'll take uh, he'll um, he'll play a tune, short, a minute, minute and a half, great, great playing. And then now he amassed about I don't know ten, twelve, thirteen of these things, put it like on a Spotify playlist or an album, and just put it out there. That's that's perfect. But, but Spotify, when Spotify came in, uh, do you consider Spotify as? something good that came in to direct like for artists and stuff like that like i have my opinion but i don't know what's what's yours uh well my opinion is everything died with the ipod so Sp- mm. spotify is a uh, um a byproduct of that it's too late now yeah the time to have done something was when uh your music became an mp3 you know i'm gonna sound like yeah. an old guy but when i was at mcgill i was spending 200 dollars a pop at uh, H- uh hmv on Peel and St. Catherine, you know, uh, I was just, that was it. That was my life. And that's the only way I could hear these, these albums. Like, oh, I got to buy them. Okay, cool. So I would buy them. Now, Do you I think don't... that the, 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 the amount of money that was spent by us is re- recuperated in some other way by the industry or no, not at all? No, like not it just now. Went down. Not now. Okay. Not, not by now. shows? No, not, not, by... not, not now because they don't have to give it to anybody. Before you had to give it to the record company, and I, I lived that. You know, I, I went through playing with artists. I would see how the budgets would get broken up. I would see how much money the artist would make. I would see how much money the record company would take, whatever the case would be. And now that money is not there, so the Spotify's and the Apple Music's they take their cut, and then there's just a little bit left for the actual artists. Does that is that amount enough? To just work as a, let's say, Spotify artist? No, that's why they all need gigs. That's why they're all screwed right now with the pandemic, right? Fuck. It affected everybody from small people like us. And even, you know, one layer up, you know, let's say Quebec musicians or whatever. And then it affects the, the big ones. Now, it hurts them less. If Madonna has her tour canceled, she'll survive. But, you know, if some good you know r&b artists or whatever if they lost all their gigs that that hurts that hurts so all this to say is yeah okay so spotify has taken the value of music kind of away you know even at least with apple you, you paid a 99 cents at least for something you were giving you know and now it's reduced to nothing really and so the only way to recoup your money is to play your play your live shows and that's mm. and then even those being you know, the ticket masters and they all want their cut too, right? Yeah. And that's how come you end up paying a lot of money to go to the Bell Center or whatever to see a show. So yeah. I think we're in a we're in a place where I don't I don't know if we'll ever go back really, you know. 
I don't, I don't, I don't do, see do, Spotify. Do you think like, a, let's say maybe 95% of you, the musician just got a, an, an absurd pay cut. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. We all did for sure. I mean, the, uh, I used to have musicians from Quebec coming on tour in France, you know, hotel rooms, blah, 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 blah per diems, plane tickets. And then it all got chopped. And okay, mm. we're just going to have you, and then we're going to get musicians from France to do the rest of the union. You can rehearse them and... Okay. So then the next uh, logical step is the AI making songs. <laughs> I wonder if that's... <laughs> well, well, you know, it's funny you say that, though, but I'm, I'm actually amazed that even though the industry is kind of in shambles, the artists are still doing amazing stuff. And I don't know how they're finding money to do it, but they still are doing amazing stuff. I There's still the albums art, being recorded. For sure. But I think uh, like a true, true artist is like the mentality is like the streets. It's like they, they would have been, they play the guitar on the streets. They play in guitar in stadiums for them is just yeah. expressing like the real hardcore ones. Like the, like I have one of my friends that decided to, to live off dance, like to be a performer yeah. in Montreal. God forbid, you know, how hard it is to right. like uh, there's musicians and then just below there's dancers. Oh boy. Like at the bottom of the food chain. I remember once I did a gig because I did a lot of more dancing gigs than music gigs. And I, I was in a room with, well, all my dancers yeah. and we could see, <laughs> it was the funniest scene. We could see across the hallway, another room where the band was and they had a buffet oh. and we didn't, and we didn't get a buffet. Get the buffet. No, but I, I was like, you know, yeah, Chuck is I, over there. I want, I want, I want to Ch have some Chuck, of that. Chuck is over there. We're, not, we're, bust, we're dancing for an hour, like monsters on stage. Yeah. We want to eat. We want to eat. But they thought that dancers shouldn't get the buffet. <laughs> but but the, I, 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 was, I swear to God it happened. So No, I believe it. And, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I've, and I've been on the other end too, right? I've been on the bottom of the food chain as well, depending on where you are and the gig you're doing. It's what just the way it is. What, what interests me is, is all the type of different kind of categories of gigs you did. Like you had the uh, wedding gigs that mm. are a certain type. You know, you always, I guess, play the required songs or yeah. the songs are pretty, let's just say it's the, the spectrum of the most commercial thing you can do. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. okay. So, so, so that, do you enjoy those or you, you got bored after a while? No, I think what, at the end of the, at the end of the day, if you really want to survive as a musician, you got to do everything unless, unless you're okay with the other, not making a lot of money or, uh, you just, you believe it. I just only want to play blues, man. It's all I want to do. Okay. Then that's yeah, what you're going to do. But if you really want to survive and have different income streams, you're going to have to diversify. So you're going to have to play a bit of everything and have to juggle your schedule so that you can sub out of that gig to make sure you take those four that are coming up. And I, luckily for me, I enjoy it all. I don't mind playing the Bruno Mars songs. I, I like it because I play them and people are happy to hear them and they dance and they give you energy and you feel like, oh, you're not wasting your time. Mm. So I've really done it all. You know, I've done all the Italian weddings you can ask for, all the Jewish weddings you can ask for, uh, everything and luckily at my level i play with good musicians all the time mm. and that makes it a lot easier and more fun because you know the music always sounds good yeah the nights are long yeah you got to put up with a lot of garbage sometimes some things suck whatever but 
it, you can't always be playing the Bell Center, you know. And even even when I was doing a lot of those gigs in France, you know, like every night, 7,000. And it's like, yeah, you got to kind of get bored of doing that too. How was that? It was like, yeah, man, I'm bored. Like, what, what did I have for breakfast today? Like, you know, you're screaming fans, <laughs> not for me, but for the artist. And, yeah. and your mind starts to wander just because it's become, it's so routine. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know. So you could be having the same type of conversation when you're playing a wedding gig. Like, and and how was that life like going abroad on the road? I mean, it was cool. I was younger, so it was. I didn't have a family at that point, so it was, I could be in Europe for half the year, and it wouldn't be a problem. And it was great because I like to travel. I like to meet people. I'm a people person, so I like to chat and learn and experience things. So it was really, really good. Any I, on on the road? Interesting stories you would like to? Share? I mean, there's. <laughs> there's tons, you know, there's tons. There's the good and the bad and the ugly. Like everything happens. Some really cool things, you know. The artist I was with happened to be really well known, and so a lot of doors open. And I was on TV shows with Sting and you know his band, and I got to wow. talk to them. For them, I was important. For for me, sorry, that was important because I idolize these people, and to be chit chatting backstage with them is kind of a cool thing. You know, I got to travel, some, go to different places, places I never thought I would go to. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was amazing. And then, you know, some things that are not as much fun. There's, there's always politics involved. There's uh, When I had kids, there's like you're missing your kids. They miss you, that kind of stuff. So that's less fun. That part was less fun. And then, you know, you're, you're riding high, you have gigs, and poof, you have nothing. It's like, oh, this mm. sucks. So... That's kind of it was kind of hard to balance all of that. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything because that's that's the path you took. That's where you. It's where I am, and that's what made me who I am today, kind of thing. And what what do you think? Like with uh, this COVID situation, what do you think? It's the future for musicians like you. Uh, How do you see it? I don't see it. I don't see it very good. I don't see it very good at all. Actually, I mean, I, who knows? We'll see what happens. But I mean. Where are we now? We're uh, almost June. We're you know mid mid May. You really think this thing is going to be fixed by September when all the kids go back to school? Maybe not. And even if it is, I don't know. Like uh, our company is going to want to spend that money to have a big corporate party. Probably not. Are people going to want to go out to some will you know to the 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 festivals or the inside a concert venue? Yeah might take a while before that comes back to life, I think. So I think it's a little bit, it's going to be an uphill battle. And again, for musicians, yeah, but for everybody, you know, any any performer. Any performer. The thing is, I, I wonder, uh, there's like, I wonder at, the, at what moment we're going to get a green light. And the second moment is how people are going to feel about it. Like there's yeah. so many different level of comfort in my surroundings there's from the the government is completely right and i stay yeah. home and and I, we have the conspiracy theorist so we got the range of of what is happening you know yeah and i had a um, couple of my students because i, I have a salsa school I called me and said what do you think? Are you going to reopen? How are you going to reopen? It's like, listen, my guess is as good as yours. Yeah. So I have no, no friggin' idea. And even if they, even let's say you start gigging and there's gigs happening. Yeah. 
How is it going to happen? People are going to come in, uh, uh, maybe 25% of the people. Is this going to be worth yeah. it? Is uh, it worth who's it? Who's going to pay it, the rent? Uh, <clears throat> that's exactly it. That's, that's it. That's, that's going to be a tough one. For what, are, what, are, what are the people saying? In, in, like how do you, mm. when you chat with your people? Because yeah. I know you told me some of them really put everything into music. And right yeah. now it's zero. It's zero. Yeah, they're, they're depending on the government. Uh, sort of handouts if you will and I get yeah. that a lot of people are in the same boat not just musicians but yeah they're, they're, it's going to be tough I'm happy that I did that, that commerce degree because it ended up opening up doors later on to where I'm working now <clears throat> not presently because we're, <laughs> we're close <laughs> but when we open I'll have a job again you know and in addition to, becoming, to, to playing I also work at a musical distribution company and I head the guitar sort of section uh, for my division mm-hmm. <clears throat> and do their social media and whatnot. So that's something I wouldn't have had unless I had that commerce degree. And that's what I'm falling back on, you know, because even like how, how many years am I going to be playing live gigs? I'm 47 or 10, 57, probably not schlepping your gear and stuff. I mean, I enjoy it. I might, But hopefully I'll be able to pick and choose what I, who I want to play with, what I want to do, instead of saying yes to every gig. Mm. You know what I mean? How many, how many gigs you, do, would you be doing before COVID? Uh, I mean, it depends. Around Christmas time, that whole season, if, uh, literally from like Thursday to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, a couple of Tuesdays in there every week. And then it's usually at least one or two, um, one or two a week more or less throughout the year. And then you'll have something, uh, a rehearsal, or you'll have a studio session or whatever. Now, when you were gigging, you were doing the nights and stuff like that. Did you, did you stay disciplined or you partake in the nightlife? No. <clears throat> no, I didn't. I just wanted to play. <laughs> no it's such not, drugs it, and rock no, and it's roll? No, it's not in my DNA. It's not who I am. It mm. didn't really drive me, you know? Would you see that or you would just hang oh, around? Oh, yeah, I'd see with, it. I'd with... see it. No, no, but you're, I, I see where you're going with it. I would see it. I still see it today. <laughs> I still see it today. I yeah. see it with some people I play with. They're older. They're still doing that. That's their thing. But, you know, the ones that I tended to gravitate towards, it was like have a beer at the end of the gig and maybe get some food or just hang out and talk. But that, that's it. That's it. I don't think you can really – it's too hard to to like – do that all the time I agree. and still like keep your focus and like show up on time and be, you know, practice and whatever. So yeah, we had, we had fun, but I mainly had fun with the people who were like-minded because for me, as always, it's like about, it's about the hang and about the music and, you know, the business side of things. That's really what was driving me. More I than none of the other stuff. I, I guess that's why you became a director at some point, like a musical director. Yeah, yeah. I guess they more, suck. Th- this guy is responsible. Yeah, this can, guy is not going to, yeah. <laughs> you know, drink can, all I the profits. Tr- that's it. <laughs> 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 I can trust this guy. You know, I'm organized. I show up on time. I, um, all the, all those kind of things. I And also, I they, they trust me to hire the right people. I'm not going to bring it. in a guy or a woman a who's yeah, just like, oh, my God, they're a disaster. Mm. It's not going to happen. And my circle of friends, we're all the same. We all help each other out. We all uh, hire each other, that kind of thing. 
so yeah, it's just a matter of being organized and being uh, somebody you can they can count on and all those things. What do you think about like uh, the commercial music that is playing in, on the air in Quebec, in Montreal? What's uh, your opinion on on all that? Uh, the sound yeah. and you know the music business in general. Well, okay. I mean, I can't speak too much of the francophone music because I I would only really listen to it and learn it when I for the most part when I had to play it, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of, but I, I, I actually like what I hear in the radio today, to be honest with you. I listen to a lot of pop radio because I have to know these songs and because my daughters are, they're 13, they, they are into it. So I don't, yeah, there's no guitar in it or whatever. I, I don't care. I find that the grooves are amazing. The production's great. Yeah. It's not what it used to be. It's a different type of school, different type of medium, But that's what's hot now. Hmm. People like that music. I like Ariana Grande. I like hearing those chord changes. I like hearing the little things that are in the music. Hmm. You know, I like I like it. The grooves are, are it's always groovy music. You know, so it's that's what I like. And sometimes there's cool guitar parts and whatever the case is. So and chances are I'll have to play these songs on gigs anyway. So I might as well learn them. And do, did you hear anything about uh, satellite radio like Sirius? Some, I, I, some, I hear it once in a while, but yeah. I can't get it. Who listens to this? Like, good point. I think it, I think it was a thing ten uh, years ago. <clears throat> you know, when you buy a new car, they give you Sirius for a month for free. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, yeah. they expect you to be hooked or whatever. I think what's good about that is that <clears throat> you just pick a genre, and then they send you this these tunes, and then you like the ones that you like. And that's cool. So you can uncover. But now you can do that with Spotify. You just put a playlist well, yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? But I so, had, a, I, I had a, a friend of a friend that has a hit song on Sirius. That's true. It, it tells me uh, it's a country French song and they want some country French songs and he makes 5K a month with yeah, one tune. Yeah, I heard I'm the like, same. A friend of mine as well. Yeah, yeah. What? I, I know. If you have the, the publishing and whatnot, then it could work out. You know, it could work out. But... Let's start uh, making tunes. <laughs> yeah, I think, but it's got to be picked up. It's got to be the right style, the right this and that. It's it's yeah. I think it's just hard. It's there's so much noise now. Like even if you listen to um, Quebec radio, yeah, there's francophone music, but it's interspersed with whatever is hot at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, and I experience this in France a lot. Is that the, the chances are they're playing what's being played in America as well? So there's only like a certain amount of songs that are being played. Mm. And then you try to intersperse the, the the francophone songs in between or other styles of music, but and then they but it's ha- weird how people consume music in general. They don't consume, they don't buy music <clears throat> strictly because it's good, or, or or you know, like they they listen to a tune and say, "Hey, this is a good song. Let's buy it." You know, I don't think people relate to music that way. There's a bunch of factors, I think, in why somebody would buy a song or why an artist is good right now or has a hit record and the look, the way the, the way he portrays in society at that specific moment. Like it's just, it's not just about music. No, am I wrong? Am I completely uh, off? I think a lot of it is due a lot of it, unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever we look at it, it's, it's being, it's being uh, shoved at you from, from the, Not just social media, but I mean by the record companies to a certain extent. <clears throat> like I remember when on my, my Twitter feed, whatever, uh, 
people are always talking about Lizzo, Lizzo, Lizzo. And I was like, who is this? You know, and I, they, somebody would show the album cover. I'm like, what? What is this? And then people were saying, oh, this is great. This is great. <clears throat> and sure enough, I heard it and it was, it was great. But <clears throat> a lot of people had to, had to speak about it first. There had to be a sort of a groundswell of people saying, oh, this is really, really good. And then it influenced people to talk about it. And then that's how it gets sort of it gets heard. You know, there is some kind of a grassroots thing. But look, don't kid yourself. When the new uh, Justin Timberlake comes out, you're going to hear about it. My man, Justin. Or whoever, you know, because you have no choice. Uh, the this is one of the pay. best shows I ever saw. Oh, is that right? It's the best show I ever saw. I, I saw, I've seen a couple of shows uh, and I, I, I'm not a big show goer, but yeah. I can appreciate because if you go to a to a, a bell center or stuff like that, it's usually the sound once in a while yeah. is, like, is good. So you're paying two hundred dollars, depending where you're sitting. True. You're next to a dude. Yeah. yeah. Like <clears throat> you don't have a good experience. But where I was sitting, I remember how it happened. My wife wanted to see him too, and I and I was, let's say, sort of a fan. I just appreciated yeah. a couple of tunes, and I went there, and we were like, I, I I heard that when you're slightly in front of the sound man, it's one of the best places. That to is sit, the spot, right? Yeah. So so I just literally went on the. We, we got good tickets. So I'm like basically 20th row on the floor, 10 row in front of the sound man. There you go. The, guy, the, the guy's band is completely out of this world. Yeah, the songs good. are mutated. It's not the same songs. Mm-hmm. They, they do tweaks. That's what I like about live shows. When they do tweaks to yeah. songs, they don't just throw you the CD and like a pre-recorded stuff. Mm. So he's playing with a killer band. And at some point in time, the stage goes up. It literally goes up. The stage becomes on wheels. Hmm. He's dancing and he's doing all that stuff on a tune. And the stage starts moving above our heads. Right. So it's fiberglass. So he's dancing. So we see him move above our heads. And then he comes next to the sound console. And there's stairs that come down. So he comes down. He grabs like his old uh, Elvis guitar. Walks down towards where the sound man is. And stands on one speaker. So while he's coming down the stairs, I'm realizing that I'm basically 10 feet away from him from where I am. So I just turn around. I hold my my wife's arm and I start screaming like a girl. <laughs> he's coming towards us. He's coming towards us. I just lost it. I uh, never saw it coming. And then he sat there and he's got that. Elvis swag, right? He pulls sometimes, like mm. he goes Tennessee style, yeah. and he's playing a song on. And I'm thinking, this is a show. Yeah, we're getting a show. Thank you very much. It's not pre-recorded bullshit. It's true. It's a genuine showmanship. Yeah, well played with good musicians. Thank you. And that, that goes yeah. a long way, right? That goes a long oh, way yeah. to your enjoyment oh, yeah. and big time. Yeah, big, big, big time. Yeah, yeah. That that's good to see when when. People use all that technology and and everything they can. <clears throat> they have the star appeal to make something happen, make you know, shake the room, you know, and make it feel good for the people who are watching the show. It's great. That's that's what it's I all have, about. I have a, an interesting thing that that that, that happened, and I'm, I'm kind of curious on how it moves with music. My like, I run that uh, YouTube channel geared towards salsa dancing. Mm. And for the last two months, the watch time 
took a deep, deep dive. Like, like I was like, am I doing something wrong? Yeah. Like 70% less watch time within a month and a half. Oh, shoot. Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm putting like lukewarm content. It's like I'm putting bullshit content. People don't want to want to. So I'm trying different kind of content and I'm putting this and that and this and that. And all videos are doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like not the usual numbers, right? So I'm thinking, okay, I, I lost it. I lost it. I don't have, the, I don't have it anymore. So I, I decided to, to look at other channels and all the channels were hit. Ah. Like I would see the, the lines parallel to mine. Right. So coming down. And I was wondering, do you have that kind of feeling? Because I was thinking, man, people are, have more time. But people, strangely enough, the conclusion is people care less to learn dance because they, don't, they can't go out and dance. I wonder, That's like, I wonder if it's the same parallel. I'm not so sure I've seen it in music. I think I've, I have seen actually the opposite. I think that I know that when um, <clears throat> I know that online sales of musical instruments is through the roof hmm. and uh, especially f- uh, things geared towards home recording. So sound cards, stuff like that. <clears throat> That's really going well because people have that kind of time. I guess they want to figure it out and you know they want to record their music or do whatever they want to do. Maybe for dance, it's a bit different because it's such a social thing. Man. You have to be out and touch somebody and you have to, you know, it doesn't really work at home by yourself. I mean, you could probably learn the fundamentals, but the experience that they have whenever they go to your class on a Friday night or whatever, they, I don't think they can, they can, they can get it. I don't think they can get it. And the proof is the fact that you checked other channels and you found the same conclusion. Yeah, people don't don't watch videos or are not interested to to learn salsa moves, for example. Yeah. Because I think they there's nowhere to 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 show them. Yeah, but they, it's 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 they can't get strange. out and do it. Yeah, yeah. I think in my industry it's a bit different. People I still want to hack away those three chords, you know, and they can do it quietly and they can do it in their bedroom or whatever without bothering anybody. And even some of the professional musicians, that are, they just want to record now. They want to get their music out there or do what, I, you know, what I'm doing and you know, film YouTube videos and whatever the case may be. So, yeah, it's just it's, everything is kind of upside down now. You know, and I don't it's know. If, I don't, sorry? I said it's odd. It it's is odd. odd. Yeah, yeah. What, some, some industries get a boost yeah. and other gets ki- murdered. I'm sure know? that the conspiracy theory channels are doing great. <laughs> Yes, you know sir. I mean? they yes, just have sir. So many hits. Yeah. Yes. Can we can we start a conspiracy of our own? Let's start with the, the, uh, a What's Greek your, guy playing a, Italian weddings. That's that a good that's angle. A, it's a good angle, but it, we have to spin it in some sort or where where uh, the audience was affected by five G towers. Yeah, that's so they good. couldn't tell the difference. It's funny because. So <laughs> After the after, imagine if this we had all this stuff at around nine eleven. You know what I mean? All the the twitters and the you know. The, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Because you can still find some 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 stuff out there, some conspiracy theories on nine eleven, and even though you know they didn't have all the cameras and have all the cell phone footage that that do they do today. You know what I said to? I have a couple of friends because uh, I, I do jujitsu, so I'm in a jujitsu gym. Okay, and a couple of buddies are. They're really, they feel strongly about some subjects. And at one point, a guy shoots like a conspiracy theory about 9-11. Mm. I, I don't want to get to details. You know what kind of conspiracy theory yep. there is out there. And I just looked at him and I go, I just told him this story. 
I go, listen, there's like a bunch of guys from Saudi Arabia that uh, decided to train to fly planes, got on planes, circumvented all security measures, took control of the planes, crashed them at a second of, no, uh, of distance from one to another in the middle of uh, the biggest city, one of the biggest city of the world. And then everything went in shambles and it was a tragedy. Don't you think it's already something that if I told you before it happened, that you wouldn't, you, you'd think I'm crazy or you wouldn't believe me. So it's already a story that's completely, completely out of this world. Why do you have to make up a new one? Yeah. Like, why is it necessary to come up with the implosion and all these stories? For me, I was like, why is it necessary? Why do, why do our brains go... In some instances, you need to explain or rationalize in other way. Like the guys told me that the bombs were planted and the bomb. That's goes, what I heard too. I heard that too. Do you, that too. Do you understand how complex? <laughs> I know. Like let's let's break down your story. Do you understand how complex that is? That there's thousands and thousands of people. The cameras were shut down. Everybody yeah. knows. Everybody's aware. And everybody's everybody's quiet. So now the original story. You're telling me it's dumb fuckery. Mm. And now you're telling me like people are very, very smart and now they're not talking to each other. Yeah. So I always wonder why. Why is it necessary? I think there's some people just like that. They like to stir shit. And to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just get to the bottom of it or... or but uh, but they believe it. Opinion. They believe it. Do you think they believe it? Oh, 100%? they believe it. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it with some of my personal friends on, on what's going on now. I'm like, oh God, really? Okay. Like scroll and why, down. why, why you 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 don't want to believe like organization scientists, like thousands of scientists, but you believing one YouTube video. Yeah, one YouTube video that why, oh, they, why? Know, this video was taken down yesterday. Now it's back up. Watch it. You know what I mean? It's like oh, okay. I told them like you saw the the pandemic thing, right? I was sent the pandemic. No, like, what? the pandemic. The hell's that? The, the, it's like planned or something like that. Like okay. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, did you see it? No, I didn't see it. God. Okay, no. so one of my friends sent me this, and I and literally oh. told them, "Listen, you, you read the title, you know it's it's a hack. You know, yeah. so you know it's not it's not happening." No, no, no. Watch it because it's been taken down. Exactly what she said. <laughs> They're gonna take it down. Oh, watch it now. Hey, watch it now. Watch it now. <laughs> you have to push harder. You have to push harder. I'm like, what is this? Are we going nuts here? We like, why? Nuts. Why do you want me to spend 30 minutes of my precious time that I already don't have? Yeah. To watch. I told them, listen, I don't even want to open your link. First of all, because you're my friend, I'm gonna tell you, I can do a video like that. Yeah. Just that, that, that should be enough for you. Like I can pull a video like that. I should, I should start a company that does conspiracy videos. Oh, man. Can you imagine? I'll be bankrolling. Yeah. You can solve <laughs> That's it. Solve every problem in the world. You'll have a, a perfect excuse. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what it's come to. And, and actually because people have the means to do it, right? You can shoot a video on your phone and you can drum up whatever theory you have. And it can be plausible if you get enough people to, to believe it. It's, it's, listen, 5G is causing Corona virus, right? So has to be. 5G is present in only selected cities, it's sort of in development. Right. And it's causing Corona. If that's what at you- this point, but at this point, the cause and effect is a stretch. <laughs> and you know, you know, the funniest thing, well, I don't know if it's funny or not, but there's a cell tower that was burned in my in my neighborhood no way burnt like they burnt it 
There was in during the night they burned the cell tower. And I'm thinking, oh god. Are you are you guys all right? No. You know, are you is everything okay? Don't, well, don't they're, you they're yeah, they're totally they're totally I mean, who knows? The, what's the root of the frustration, you know? People are angry, people are are frustrated because maybe they're not getting ahead and the neighbors are getting ahead or uh they're not working. I get that. But you know what? Yeah, even that's bullshit because we're all, we're all in the same boat and, and <clears throat> I find it's the people that are open to these conspiracy theories, they're the they're they're the ones, you know what I mean? It's not the grounded ones who are believing this stuff. It's always this sort of these people who are into these pie in the sky theories, mm. whatever it's all about. They're the ones that are more apt to, to believe this kind of stuff. Mm. And the ones that are grounded or whatever, just can read enough of the news to make their own opinion. Well, then they don't believe these things. Mm. Yeah. When you get up in the morning nowadays, what uh, keeps you going? What motivates you? Well, I mean, motivating me and what's necessary are two different things. You know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously, as you know, family and, uh, you know, breakfast and, you know, all that kind of stuff and work, whatever. But <clears throat> I'm amazed at, I don't know, 30, I don't know, like 30 something years later, it's like the drive is still there to, to play the instrument. You know what I mean? I'm happy about that. It that that has not changed from when I was 15 to this morning. That has not nice. changed, and I, I, I don't think it ever will. I always listen to music. I listen to things about music. I dream about it. Uh, it's, you know, I, when I play sports, it's in my head. That kind of thing. I like those little leaps that I get. When, oh, now I can do this. I couldn't do this yesterday, but now I can get it. Those mm. kind of things. So that part hasn't really changed. I don't think it ever really will. And that's why I'm happy about the YouTube thing because it gives me an outlet where I don't really have to leave the house and I can still be creative and I can still teach and I can still see my growth kind of happen in front of me. But I can do it all here. You know what I mean? And and how many hours do you practice? Do you still consider yeah, practicing? Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, whatever, I was playing a lot. Like when I was working at the city... Yeah, when you and I were were hanging out a lot, I was like getting up at uh, nine, shower, blah, 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 breakfast, ten thirty. I was playing. I was playing straight till three. I'd go to work, come back, play again till one, maybe. Wow. Yeah, and then just do it. How again. How long did that last? How many years? Uh, many years. All all university for sure. All my university for wow. sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. And if I had more time now, I would do it. I would do it today, you know, because hmm. that part really hasn't changed. And it's like, it's, it's so easy. Okay, hold on. I put the time in and then I get something out of it. You know, I don't have to pay money and get something out of it. I don't have to travel to get something out of it. I just have to put the time in. Now, when you do like such a, I would say repetitive exercise, do you get any pains in no. your body? Or no, no, I had, I had something at one point that is something dumb. I played for like, uh, uh, I played for like 13 hours. It was silly. I, I was one of those days where I woke up early. I played the whole day. Then I uh, I gave a guitar lesson. I took a guitar lesson. I had a band practice thing at night. And then the next morning, my hand, my left arm was jello. I was like, oh, this is not good. So I didn't play. The next day, uh, jello. And I was like, oh, God, what happened? You know? 
So I was at Concordia then, and I went to the physiotherapy, and was like, oh, do your stretching and do this. And then slowly it got better, but I didn't play a lot, and I was so fucking depressed in that in that period. I was, mm. like, taking naps all the time. I was like, if I can't play, I have nothing else. And, okay, so my arm got better, and um, then I went to McGill and blah, blah, blah. And, and the only residual effect was that I would – I wouldn't um, – I couldn't play as long as I wanted to. Like I would get tired. My left hand, I would get tired. And I also couldn't lift my arm high. So I was putting on a jacket. It would hurt myself. I think I might have screwed something up here. Yeah. So I did all my touring with this, everything, you know, like 10 years, 15 years, same thing. Okay, you know, it doesn't really affect my career. I can still play. I can still do all the things I want to do. Just sometimes I would get tired and sometimes it would hurt a bit to put on a jacket. So then my wife uh, says, you know, you know, I have a friend at work and he swears by this osteopath. You should just go see him. And I was like, well, whatever. Is he going like, to crack me or twist me? Like, and I'm not really into it. So just go and see. And so I go see the dude, this Asian guy. And he's like, okay, hey, how's it going? Great. Um, okay, take off your, your shirt and stand over there. And he looks at me like in one second. He's like, oh, you're a guitar player. Okay. And I was like, hmm. I didn't really tell him anything about me. It's because you were standing like this. Well, it might have been like this. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, he's like, okay, so what's going on? I said, well, you know, this and that, this and that. And he goes, okay, uh, four sessions, and I'll get you, I'll get you back up. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then, lo and behold, the dude, within two sessions, he completely like I could never ever do this, never mm-hmm. ever. So within two sessions, he completely arranged things and adjusted things. To the point where, like, oh, I'm as good as new. So that was for me. That was a revelation. It's odd. I, I have an osteopath like this. Like, I don't tell her anything. I just sit there. She stands me. Oh, yeah, you. So you've been doing this and that. And oh, like, yeah. How the hell do you know, know this? Like, you're like an astrologist. Like, no, it really you, is something. I, I didn't believe you, it until this dude. And even some of the moves he was doing was like he would put his arms around uh, like my arm, and he would just like oh, go like that. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but he, uh, I, I, I didn't I, really, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't second guess it. I just thought it was kind of odd. Yeah, he was there's some kind of transfer of energy or whatever the hell it was. But I'm telling you, man, like the proof, I can never do that. So, cool. so yeah, so that was the only time really I hurt myself. And then, uh, except for last week when I hurt my finger cutting a carrot. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That's not cool. Yeah, that was that was pathetic. But I was cutting uh, a carrot with this big knife, and uh, yeah, I did. So I hit my pinky actually, and that was a uh, last Monday that not last like a week and a half a, a week and a bit, and it still kind of hurts. I mean, it's much better, but I couldn't play for four four days. You know, there was like a big. That's what like, you see, sk- right? When you cut your, you hurt your fingers. First thing you see is your guitar, right? Oh my god, yeah. You just go ah ha ha. It was bad. It was bad. I was like, oh my god. I, was, I put the, the 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 paper towel. I was like, okay, I'm gonna look down. <laughs> If it's covered in <laughs> it's blood, be all right. I'm kind of. Right. It's it. If I'm covered in blood, I'm I'm screwed. And if it stops mm-hmm. bleeding, I'm just a pussy, and uh, you know, like I'll do it. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck, this is covered in blood, man." So I was like, <laughs> "Put it back on." You know, like you wait two minutes, like oh, it's still covered in blood. That's when you know, okay, it's pretty deep. But it healed. It healed. Mm. It healed. But that, that was not fun. That was not fun. And now, I mean, you can be sure I'm careful now. You know. You can be sure I'm careful now. I don't want to mess you with... You don't have, like, hand insurance or something? I don't like know. That. No, I thought about like that. The but stars, yeah, like yeah. The stars. That's it. Leg no. insurance. 
No, right? now it's about about being careful. And I used to play a lot of basketball and sports and stuff, so I, but I stopped that. Mm. And even sometimes I find myself closing my hand. What I, do, I close my hand when I come in and out of a door, like a, a bathroom, where if I have to push the door my way and somebody has to come in, to, they're going to push it. I always uh, I'll grab the door handle and with my free hand, I'll, I'll make a fist. So in case the door does come at me quickly, my instinct would be to go like that. And then, you know, something could happen, whatever. No, it's just a, it'll never happen, but it's just something that I find myself doing. I just like close my hand so that nothing could happen. I broke my, my I broke my finger and before I started playing uh, playing basketball, my thumb. Yeah, that's that's a that's a very common common uh, break. Okay, so yeah, so if I if I would continue to do that, I would. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I stopped. I said, you know what? Forget it. It's just not worth no it. No more basketball. No basketball for you. No, no more soccer. Much, okay, but yeah, but no, definitely not uh, not those kind of sports. I mean, to a certain extent, I still like to play and enjoy my life, and I don't like to put restrictions on what I do, but. Yeah, I don't want to be stupid either. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, what about you? I mean, well, for you, for your, for your dancing. You know, there's, there's, it's a very strange because uh, in, in, first in both of our line of work, well, if we're talking about the arts, there's no insurance ever. Mm. Uh, me being a businessman, well, all the risks, uh, the risk is 100%, but yeah. then I have to deliver uh, the class. I have to make the class. So I remember... Uh, one day a guy told me I, I was sitting down in a car. I think it was like a high roller, uh, you know, real estate guy. He goes, uh, hey, Ilias, uh, are you uh, creating a company or just a job for yourself? Hmm. And I turned around and I go, of course I'm creating a company. He goes, really? And there was a silence. He goes, I goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, if tomorrow you disappear... Is this going to go on or it stops right away, you know? And I got upset. Like, I didn't show him. I was yeah. upset because he was showing me around some, some buildings. And, 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 and that, that stayed in my mm. head for, for years, for years. And at one point, I remember when I had to make the decision in hiring people right. and giving my classes away. This is where I understood. Right. This is where I got it. I got, oh, I got it. So... I did a couple of moves on my company side. For yeah. example, I took away all my, the pictures of me and my wife, which were the front row of my company right. at that point. I decided to do a photo shoot of my students. I took two, three of my really, really good students hmm. that, that were repping me really well in right. the world. And I decided to do my website covered wall to wall with their faces and they accepted. And I thought, well, our school mentality is about the students. It's about them. It's about them having fun. So screw me, you know, who cares about Ilias? Even yeah. if, yeah, I do videos and stuff like that. But I, at the end of the day, I want to make sure that the concept is about them. So might as well put students. Sure. So then when people go on our website, they see a lot of students. They don't see me doing shows because if they see me doing shows, I thought, well, that's going to intimidate any kind of 45-year-old man sitting there says, I can't do that. Yeah. I don't dance. I have two left feet. So I want to make it hmm. more approachable. So there's a couple of like moves like that that resembles that, that made it. Then now it's not only because it's incorporated that it's a company, that it's more of an idea. And then I decided to write uh, the processes of the company. 
It's like something that I can give like a handbook to somebody yeah. and they can read the handbook and understand how to operate the company. And that I did over time. So that was like, I have like a, about a 20 page handbook right on so that I can, I can give to anybody and train people with it. Right. So there's, there's another thing I thought I have to buy less should be processes. Like it shouldn't be me. Yeah. If I, if it's just me, then every time it's tedious to train people, I don't need, it's not clear in my head what needs to be done. That's right. Point. So it's all these kind of elements. And then I differentiated myself from the company and I, and I made the company more of a, let's say company. Yeah. And I, I was in a situation where I could leave for two, three months and there was zero effect. That's fantastic. Of course, my long-term clients, I have to come back for them. Mm. The people that, that grew with me, wow. I, ca- I can't just give the classes to them. Mm. See what I mean? I can't go to my teacher. Yeah, I grabbed those guys that were with me for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. It's not fair play, you know? So I kept my advanced classes. I did a couple of beginner classes and, and that's it. All right. And I'm and sure so now for you too, you, know, you, can, you don't spread yourself so thin and that you have more time to do the business yeah. end of things. You, you can't possibly teach every class. You can't possibly. Yeah. Be- there, there was a, a grinding schedule before I have kids. Be- before I had my two kids, mm. there's some things that I dropped. I dropped all the performance competition, all the shows. As soon as I have kids... All weekend shows because we 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 used to uh, train uh, uh, be after hours like from let's say we had classes from seven to ten okay and from ten to twelve that was the off hours we could take and train uh, semi pro pro teams so I had almost like at some point three teams wow. these teams I used to travel through congresses once a month at least and then we did shows locally also Boy. and that's not lucrative no way. Eh? Oh no, because you're dancing, you're you're traveling, you're yeah. going to Toronto, you're going to New York and stuff like that. And that that I stopped. I stopped as soon as I had my first kid, I stopped the second kid, forget it. Yeah. So after what, fifteen years I can say I had the luxury of having an amazing team and people were teaching for me and right. you know, I can just manage and just keep ten hour ten hour a week of teaching classes. Okay. And now that is all gone. And now it's gone. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, you're Thank you very much, everybody. That's it. Well, yeah. So, so for me, it's uh, it's. The, mm. I think the the art world is similar to to the dance world in that sense. Uh, they're going to probably start at the same time. It's not like uh, yeah, like other businesses that are booming right now. Like but, if you're in landscaping, my yeah, yeah. God, you're making money. Yeah, construction. Jesus. Yeah, I know. But it, it's funny. I I think. I don't know. I think it's going to be back before we know it, but I don't know if we know the um, the repercussions, if it's going to be dangerous or not. But I think that things, it's just too much pressure from the people. I see it on my Twitter feed. People say, you know, when you're withholding our rights and, you know, small businesses are hurting, and I'm sure they are. I know they are. So I think the economy is kind of going to be opened up. Maybe premature. I don't know, but I think people are going I, to I be think out pe- there. I think people are going to come out out of boredom. That yeah, they're just they're just gonna say fuck it. Yeah, that, that's I think I, I, there's a bunch of people that are gonna think like that. I'm I'm getting annoyed <laughs> by being at home. No, I'm ge- well, not not being able to operate, not not being able to to do my craft, not yeah. be able to, to. You know, when when you're a businessman, you you decide to take the risk, and you there's exact it reflects a bit of what you do also in in the arts and in the music. You decide. 
you take it in your own hand. Yeah. You decide yeah. to go that route. You take the risk. And then for some instance, within a day, somebody decides for you. Yeah, I know. Gone. Like, what? Yeah. So it's a never been seen situation. No, no, so that's true. Yeah. The, so at the beginning, I was comforted. I was I'm thinking everybody's in the same scenario. Savabinelli. Yeah. It's okay. But uh, it's difficult not to be able to, to. You know what I miss is I literally miss my customers. I believe like, it. I miss the, the ambiance, the going to the class. Uh-huh. I don't miss, you know, doing my website or <laughs> you know, yeah. the grind. You know, when people look at me, I, I used to, you know what I used to get all the time when, when, uh, yeah. when I taught class? So uh, what's, what's your real job? Like, oh, what do you do for life? Are you crazy? Like, if you only knew. Like, like what do you mean? Uh, you're looking at it. Strang- strangling you yeah. right now? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, people, people don't know. Unless, unless you're in the – I got that a lot. Like, oh, you're a musician, eh? So yeah, what else do you – like, fuck, what else do I do? I fucking practice all day. <laughs> Juggle. And I – yeah, that's it. Like my brain surgeon, what do you think? But what's – because they, they don't realize how much, obviously, that goes into it, how much practice yeah. and travel and learning and rehearsals. But, I mean, I get it. If people don't know our world. It's understandable. I don't know the world of a of a stock trader, you know. I, I don't know how they operate either. I can only guess from what I've seen on TV and I'd have to ask them. Some people don't understand our world. It's so different what we do, so outside of the box. And it's one thing if you if you do it like – as a, if you really do it as a part-time thing, but you and I, we've done it full-time. We've really gone all the way. So we know the highs and the lows and everything that's been involved with it. It's like like you said before, you, you, you behaved yourself in a professional model so people to, you know, knew that you were serious. You were organized. Mm-hmm. That's how you came across when, when we, we interacted. It's like, this guy's organized. The guy yeah. like, has sheets. He came on time. Uh, he's not like a fly-by-night. No, exactly. Like musician artist. Yeah, like, I know. Oh, I feel inspired today. And oh, next morning. Oh, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And I do I do see some of those people now on Facebook and I see what they're doing and I see and like that's not that's not the image that I wanted to give. You know, I want to be seen a little bit a little bit different. Mm. And it's also in my it's in my DNA and it's in your DNA and you know, work ethic and whatever, so Sure. I'm just glad that it, it, it worked out, and I, and I think in in my particular case, yeah, the, the well, as a musician, you have to find other ways to make keep the money coming in somehow, you know, if that's really what you want to do. For sure. So, and listen, I wanted to finish on a very light note. Mm. You know, I got some uh, rapid fire questions. Oh yeah, for sure. You. So you just say whatever, you know. Mm. There's no right or wrong <laughs> answer. Perfect. So. Let's get ready for the first question. So, what excites you? Uh, my daughters. Oi. Good answer. What is your favorite curse word? Uh, probably shit. Shit's good. What other profession would you like to attempt? Work at the city of Dollard. <laughs> Perfect job, man. You know it well. What? Oh, I know, I know. Uh, what are you not very good at? Uh, fixing shit. Uh, who's your role model? Uh, my parents. My dad, whatever. Uh, 
what have you been uh, when have you been most satisfied in your life uh, that's great um uh, okay uh graduating school university what things you don't like to do i don't like to um fix stuff that's broken and around the house <laughs> <laughs> what's your superpower um empathy empathy like i know how people are feeling what's something people seem to misunderstand about you um that uh my they my kindness for weakness because i'm kind so they think oh he's weak because he's kind mm. If you could have dinner with any dead or alive person, who would it be and why? Uh, okay, so that's a good one. Probably Steve Ray Vaughan. Talk about guitar. I have a lot of questions. Seems like an interesting person. Yeah, I think he, I, I read somewhere he used to play 14 hours a day. Could be, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, what would you pick for your last meal? Uh, my mom's, uh, my mom's anything really. <laughs> my mom's oh, anything. Yeah, yeah. Someone's going to be happy to yeah. hear this. If you could turn back time, that's the last one. Yeah. And talk to your 18 year old self. What would you tell him? Uh, well, there's probably two answers here. I'll go with the most generic, but, uh, um, essentially, um, Oh, just, you know, take a decision and go with it. Don't, don't second guess. If you, if you made that decision and it, it sucks, just deal with it. There's no right and wrong. Just a decision. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You, you take it and then you, you, you deal with it after. Yeah. Is that your real answer or the generic? No, I, I think that one's good. I'm going with that. <laughs> I'm going with that. What would your last right. meal be? My last meal, it was it would be something like a smoked salmon on a baguette because I can't eat baguette anymore because I'm celiac. No. I discovered that I have allergies to gluten about four or five months ago. Oh, shit. That freaked me out because I asked my doctor, "You can develop this? Like you, I thought you were born like." Yeah. He goes, "No, nah, yeah, you can have it for a couple of years and it can go away, or you can be celiac for the rest Come of your on. life." Come on. Yeah, man. So I miss baguette. Oh, you know, know French baguette. I know it well, my friend. So hold on. So you, you, means you <laughs> if I understand correctly, you have to eat gluten-free bread? I, I Yeah, cardboard. Oh, my God. Like a pizza, yeah. cardboard? I can't, uh, listen, I've, I found, I tried pretty much everything's on the market. God. I tried all the recipes. God. And I know it, it never comes close. Yeah. Like you can, maybe like you can find places... It comes maybe you can have half of, a, of an experience, but there's something about gluten that makes the fluff in a French baguette. It's incredible. Un croissant. Oh, my un God. croissant. Oh, God. I never, there is no such thing as a gluten-free croissant. Like no. whatever they sell you, it's, it's, you can actually, you know, if you have holes in your wall, you can repair holes. Yes, with what they I sell know. You. So, so that was a, a, an adaptation. Oh, God. Anyway, whatever. It's, things could be worse, but... Uh I can be uh, terminally ill, but sure, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I have I have celiac. So not only that it's a, it's a problem when you have to fix it within you, you become a really bad guest. Oh, that sucks. Oh, because I know. people, yeah, yeah well, people are, are uncomfortable because they don't know what to cook you. Yeah, and they don't want to invite you. So so. <laughs> so. 
That's why no one's inviting you, man. <laughs> That's why I'm stuck here. I've been here, guys, for 10 years. Please get me out. Who would you want to have dinner with, if dead or alive? Oh, my Jesus Lord. I never, I never even thought of it. Somebody that... Somebody to... Hmm. Probably Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really? Yeah. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. I have to push harder. Harder. Because you have to push harder. <laughs> because, because he was part of my youth. Like I really looked up to him. Mm. I watched his movies many, many times. So I would just wonder how he is as a person. I know he's a showman. He's very like imposing well, guy. I mean, don't you know a bit about him now because of his political leanings and whatnot? Like, I mean, I'm not saying anything disparaging, but I mean, yeah. you kind of learn a little bit about what he's like. Yes, but I think people are very different when they're not filmed. Like, I, I know a guy that told me once, he goes, I sat with, with George Bush and I had meals with him and he's a smart guy. He doesn't come across like really? that when he speaks. Yeah, he goes, he, he knows a lot of cultural right. stuff and uh, country references, but he doesn't come across as that guy when he speaks. And I thought, yeah, that's true. Sometimes when you meet somebody, it's not the character that he portrays. It could be a completely different yeah. guy. And you're thinking, that guy is so not what I expected. That's true. It could be. I don't know. He's, was, he's, yeah, he's dude. definitely an interesting dude. <sighs> Crazy life. I mean, he went from, yeah, being the obviously Mr. Universe or whatnot, and then like to branch out into acting, or if you want to call that acting, but he did. Yeah. And then to be, uh, then to go into the political life. I, I, I bet you, I bet you, get if his, he didn't uh, have that law, his, he would have been, housekeeper, he would have, his housekeeper pregnant. <laughs> That part, I, I, you skip I over skip. that. Yeah. You yeah, wouldn't yeah, ask yeah, about just, that part. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. All right, uh, Andy. So how, uh, to finish off, I just want to, yeah. uh, if you can say how people can find you if they want uh, guitar classes, tips, yeah. uh, guitar stuff, well, music, okay. hire you. Perfect. Perfect. Well, pretty much through my website, andydecoolest.com and in social media, whatever, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Just use my name. There's nobody else that has this name, so you're good to go. Fantastic. And then uh, my YouTube channel, which is really something that I'm, I'm with your help, actually. I'm something that I'm putting a lot of emphasis on these days. Yes, sir. Which is Andy the Coolest, right? Yeah, that's People my... People can yeah, find the, you, Andy the Exactly, Coolest. yeah. Yeah, I can't go wrong. Um, listen, I... F from... Everything that I know, I'm not telling you, everything that I know about the theory of music, and let's say I know just 5%, <laughs> just in a ballpark, it's because of you. And you help me to play a little more visually. Yeah. And you help me to bridge my kind of freestyle, creative, kind of whatever was ringing in my head with the actual what's happening on my guitar neck. Yeah. Like where, what, what is the chord? So whenever I play right now, I always ask myself, what, what is the chord in my soul? Oh, that's good. On? That's perfect. And I never, I never thought that way before. And I, th these are the things that I kept from the lessons you gave me. Right. And, and it, it expanded my, cause if I really go that route, it sometimes expands my ideas or it expands the path of, yeah. of my lead. And before I was just winging stuff and, and not hoping for the best, but the mistakes were a little more present until I really get the line that yeah, I want. Exactly, I remember. But now, with that kind of, it's kind of bridging both. It's like the mathematic and the artistic are kind of 
almost at the same speed. Yeah. Well, it actually shows a lot about your character because when we met, you were a really good player, but you were kind of only a good player based on what you could do at that moment. You know, exactly. like you, you knew your chords, but that's all you knew. If I said, hey, you wanna, let's play that in a different key, you'd be lost, you know? Oh, yeah, completely. Because you just, out of repetition, you and you played really well, that tends to get plays on your mind. But you, you have to be humble to say, you know what? I need help, <laughs> you know? I, oh, I, for sure. I, I, there's I too many question marks. I didn't, And even me as a player, same thing. I was fed up of like leaving my favorite position and going, oh, man, is this the right note? I hope, I, oh, God, it's the wrong note. I never wanted to have that feeling anymore. So you learn your neck really well. You learn your your theory, your modes as much as you can, and and you just you see your instrument. And you don't you're not afraid of anything. You know you don't have any questions. You kind of know. Okay, this is going to sound like this. I know it's going to sound like this, and that's kind of what you needed. You needed some of that because you were really good. You had great technique, and you uh, you know you knew your instrument, but you only really knew what you knew. Exactly. You needed to know more about just music in general. You know, so it's good yeah, that you no, still see it that way. And and I need more. Yeah, <laughs> so we all maybe, do. M- maybe maybe with a bit of uh, of time that we have now, I, I get a couple of lessons uh, from you under my belt. Yeah, we so have I'm probably going to get in touch with you and and uh, hook up for a couple of other lessons yeah. just to, to continue where we left oh, off. It'd be my pleasure. So so where I want to get get to with all that uh, yapping is thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, thank, thank you very much. And uh, I see you possibly on another podcast uh, along the way. We could chat some more. That sounds good. It'd be my pleasure, man. All right. Thank you. All right. You take care, man. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.